a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! Shandon Rosebud Day at Rosehill this weekend, which is our feature race for the weekend. Joined with Jack this week for another episode of The Lottery. Jack, how are you? Head and firing, mate. Ready to go. Beautiful. Let's keep this train rolling. Uh, this weekend, we have races at Rose Hill and Mooney Valley once again. The rail is back in the true this weekend for the Valley, which is muchly deserved after the most punished trip out there the other weekend with the rail being out five. Hopefully this weekend, see some better and even races. They don't have a feature race there. They've got a couple of benchmark 100s going on for the day. But, yeah, the main race for the three-year-olds is up at Rose Hill, which is race eight, uh, the Shandon Rosebud, which is a listed race for the three-year-olds. Uh, not really too much else to touch on this week, touch on. Touch on. For racing this in the past week. But there has been a bit of, um, I don't even know what to call it, a bit of, bit of drama happening. Have you, have you seen anything with the new Racing Victoria CEO? I have seen that there's been drama, but I haven't followed it. Yeah, so he's he's trying to revamp, revamp racing pretty much. He's trying to is that with more races um, throughout the weeks? Somewhat, yeah, somewhat. But he's come on. He did an interview with Racing dot com yesterday, the day before, I believe, and his proposed ideas uh, he wants to put in. Kind of similar. He he literally quoted. He's watched Netflix and on that that drive that drive to survive. Everybody loves it because they're communicating from the tr- from the driver to the pit crew. So he wants to put mics and headphones on all dro- on all riders so they can communicate with the trainers like live mid race. I, I from an outsider, I know there's purists out there. Yeah, but from a consumption point of view, as a person that watches races. That would be like awesome to watch. Yeah, because I, th- I think that, I think they want to try put that like in the broadcast, like oh, we're gonna like just listen it like. <clears throat> so like, there's a fair bit. Jockeys would be swearing and, and yeah, carry on. A, and that's what a couple of the people have been saying. It's more like, like you're using this example from Drive for Survivors where he's got the idea from, but like in Drive for Survivor in F1s or whatever it is, and you're further apart. Like, there's a lot of noise. I'll give him that, but like you're not as Tight, like if, if if you're like a horse race is so much closely more dense than a F1 race. So yeah, I yeah. can see like a lot of people. Are, it might sound shit. Yeah. You don't know what it's going to sound like. I think that, like, that's a, a bit like this podcast. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, so they, wasn't, they weren't sure if they were going to roll up with that straight away. So I think they're going to, if they do end up going with it, they're going to slowly introduce it in like just track work and then jump outs and then trials and, Test it out there and see if, see how it sounds and see if it's even feasible. And if it's not, they won't. But that so yeah, there's been a lot of old school people on Twitter and everything saying like, "What a joke!" Like, look at this bloke. He's this bloke's going to single handedly ruin racing Victoria and shit like that. So there's there've been some some fair few vocal. Where do you sit? Ah, uh, I don't I don't I don't really not that I don't really care, but I think it kind of I, I it's. So I don't know if you can really blame it as like a point, but I've kind of just thought of it like if like there's already enough shit going on in the race, like if like to have them communicating with the things just kind of adds like another thing they've got to worry about, like kind of in a way. Like I I yeah, just don't yep. think it's going to – like if, if they're like talking about it and just thinking about it for a second, like they can run up on someone's heels and I do see the safety kind of thing to it and just how it works, but – that's like I don't really care either way, but I think that kind of has to go into the 
yeah. the thought process. But that, that's just my, like, I'd kind of. That's great. Uh, that's a <clears throat> fantastic call, and especially with all the accidents in racing at the moment. Yeah. No, yeah, I like, I, yeah, I understand. That's a fair enough safety, safety concern. But, like, yeah, I think that's definitely, a, if, if you're going to make an ar- argument for it against it, that's an argument to make against it. But other than that, I'm really too fast. Um, but yeah, so that's about it for the news this week in racing. We'll go to a quick break now and then we'll come back with our recaps last weekend of Flemington and Rose Hill as well. Time to have a quick recap of last weekend's racing uh, venues about Rose Hill and Flemington. Uh, starting off with the first couple of races at Rose Hill, Zach Lloyd has just proven again, once again why he's the GOAT. He is. He's just outridden his claim on the weekend. And, geez, the first two races were a highway and a midway, and he stole both of those races. Is he the hottest property in racing right now for jockeys? For apprentices? Yeah, for apprentices. Yeah, I'd say for – oh, he's not even really an apprentice anymore. He's outridden his claim. But I still reckon he's he's still got a level to get to. We get to, like, those J-Macs and cars and ollies and everything. But, geez, he's got – from the way he's been going already, like, he, he has got a great race sense. Like, in the first race, I'll talk about it quickly, uh, it was a highway – and we were talking about it last weekend too. Baron Duna was the favorite at like a dollar seventy-five. And I was like, if you want to back it that short, it should be winning and go for it. But it's that I was just too I, I couldn't risk it in a highway. Um and the one that Zach Lloyd wrote was second or third favorite of five bucks. And it literally there was it had drawn seventeen of seventeen or something like that. There was literally the worst barrier you could get at Rose Hill, which is a pretty it was an, it was pretty on pace kind of day. So to make ground on that kind of track is a good effort. And Zach Lloyd did exactly that. Not many. I don't think it was probably the widest barrier of the day of the one. And it was literally because the jockey was that good. He just rode it up straight away, got him into the best spot, didn't know use him, and slid him perfectly. So like by the time they were coming around the corner, he just went straight by Baron Duna. It was, it was a good win. And that's literally just Zach Lloyd. The reason he won the race is because Zach Lloyd got him in that position early. So full credit to him there. And he then he won the second race, which is a midway. Like the horses aren't that good. And he, just, he pretty much, the only reason that horse won, I think it was expensive. Expressed to, like, I can't remember, something like that. But um, yeah, Zach Lloyd pretty much won that. It's race. Um, then further on, we had we had another one of our tips. We did have a pretty stinger on the punt, to be honest. I think we only had two two successful tips get up for the day. But that's you, that's the best bit about this page, though. Yeah, it's not saying that oh, you're guaranteed to win this. Mm. You're guaranteed to win that. It's like I'm jumping on these. I I like these horses. This is why. If you want to jump on, jump on. Yeah. And if not, take the piss out of us. Yeah. If, please do. And if we win, <laughs> and join us in the wins. Yeah. You know, because uh, you might be the next big punter out there. Either way, if I can guarantee you something, it's that I'm that I'm a shit tipster. So we'll go on from there. Exactly. I love it though. Yeah. Continue. Um. One of our other one of the tips we did say to get on for the day was wa- was wave rider boy and same thing like for the day of rose hill and flemington to be honest they're both really front pace dominated it was really hard to make ground all day and that's exactly what wave rider boy he was literally last on the turn or second a, were they heavies or is it, what was the reason you reckon no that, it's just the it's, it's just the general track like rose hill like rose hill the valley caulfield um like there's a lot of tracks that are just naturally shaped to just tend to like there's not even shorter straights, but just like the rail, like statistically, like the the ground is feminine. And if you can get around on the rail first, it just makes so much tougher to catch up. Um, and yeah, Rose Hill and even like Flemington's not known to be a on pace kind of track. It's like known to be like the most fair track in Australia. And even that on Saturday was <clears throat> on pace base, but that's only because the rail was at 10. So that's going to favor on pace runners 
either way. So, um, but yeah, it was it was hard to make up ground. Wave wave rider boy just had too much to do. Couldn't ever win, and he still got within. It was like a nose on the line. So, full credit should have won any other track any other day. Probably probably would have got a win, but it didn't that day. Uh, in the first leg of the quaddy, we got knocked out, and I had. Got, we lost the quaddy by 0.1 of a length. We won the next three legs and ended up paying like 1500 bucks or something like that. So we were pretty close to a good payout. Um, Brutnell knocked us off and I was pretty pissed off about that because the last two times I've backed that horse and it's come second. And I I didn't even put – I only had the two horses in the quaddy. And I was I saw Brutnell and I was like, nah, it's a non-win. It's come second. It's, like, it's not going to beat me. I'm all good here. And they did exactly that. It absolutely ponged us on the line. We had – Time to boogie and Legio 10. And I was, I was pretty keen on Legio 10, but I was like, you, just, you only know these two. There's no way anything else in this race should beat them. And it did exactly that on the on the post. So, oh, well, we move on to the next one. Uh, and then the, the next race was the feature for the day at Rose Hill, which was the Missile Stakes, which was a bit of controversy around that race with the breaking down of Big Parade. I don't know if you saw that, but within like 200 metres ago, Big Parade broke his shoulder and like nearly caused – the, the horse ended up dying from it. They had to put it down. And the horse in behind it, Golden Mile with J-Mac, was the same. Like, it didn't break down, luckily, but, like, J-Mac had to pull it up straight away. And even he said, he goes, I've never been on it. Like, I've never been able to stay on a horse as well. Like, he said, I, I should have fallen off. There's no way I should have stayed on. But to some credit, he stayed on. So, hard to follow anything. Like, the winner who we tipped, that was one of our tips for the day that got up was IME, and he did exactly that. Got to the front, leader pace, Leader bias day anyway, and he did exactly that. Got to the front, kicked away and led, and won the race. But it's really hard to take a form out of that scene as there was a big interference and the horse dying, and a lot of horses lost their runs. Um, there were a couple of good ones, like Golden Mile looked to come back really good, Ingratiating looked to come back really good, and Argentia had the best final two hundred meter final two hundred meter split to the race, and she was often packed to. I don't know if she got as held up as the others, but she still produced the best sectionals of that race. So there's still a bit of form to carry out of it, but hard to really line it up. And then in the second last race there, Faulkner Park, who I also touched on, I said it was, it was going to be his toughest test to date. And he was paying like, he, he got into $2.15 or something to pitch up, something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's quite, same thing as Wave Rider Boy, just was too far back and just couldn't make up the ground at time. But the, the ground that he did make up on that day compared to what a lot of other horses did was really good. So he's definitely still one to follow. Didn't lose any admirers there. He'd still have a couple of people backing him up next prep. So as long as he gets a pretty even track, he should be fine. Um, but yeah, that's about it for Rose Hill. And then at Flemington, we had a couple of good races in the first. Nothing too much I'd take out of them. Um, River Noir, who we tip was a bit of a flop in the first. I don't really, like she. I thought he was going to fire first up, to be honest, but just didn't find anything on the line. And I think an $11 horse or something for Craig Williams won it. So I think the first couple of races were a bit meshed to me. I didn't really pay too much attention to them. Our best bet of the day was Alhambra Lad each way. I think we tipped it on the potter about $8 and $2.30 a place or something like that. And by the time I jumped, there was a lot of scratchings in the race and everything. Hashtag pays to listen. Yep, pays to listen. We still tip. Like, I've, I like I like doing best bet of the day. Like, and each way, bets like either way, like it, I'll, I'll tip it at a bit of value normally, and then either way, like because a, a lot of people will make like a dollar seventy their best bet of the day, and you're like, oh yeah, like fair enough. But like if you can, I don't mind tipping horses that are paying like nine dollars a win and two seventy a place or something like that, because like I still consider that a pretty good bet. And like each way, I'll be more than happy with that. So yeah, we tipped him at about eight dollars and two thirty. By the time it jumped, it was like four dollars twenty or something like that. But 
the scratchings had a fair bit to do with that as well. Um, but yeah, he, he defied the track pattern as well. It was a really on pace bias for that day. Um, and he flew home later. I still thought with the 50 meters ago, he was going to get up. I was, I was on, on the edge of my seat. I really thought he was going to get there. Pretty stiff in the end that he didn't, but I'll just blame that on the track for the day. Um, the thing, the one first in line ended up having a heart attack after the race. I don't know if you, yeah. So on the day we've had, there's two horses that have died. So it wasn't televised because they were off air at the time or they weren't at that race at the time. And it won the race and everything. And it was walking back through like the winter soil of the mountain yard and just collapsed there and had a heart attack. That's crazy. Yeah. So it, like in this band, like that's to me, like the very unfortunate. Yeah. Like for, on that day, we lost two, like two horses just for yeah, no real reason, but that's just part of racing, I guess. But yeah, so that, that's unfortunate for own for connections to the both of those horses, but that's just the way of racing. Apparently another good run of Flemington was Shay R who was absolutely dominant. He, he was, I didn't see, I was, I was arming an hour about him. I, the price was all right, but I'd miss. Yeah. I just didn't know. Like, I reckon I've been on the run before and he just didn't do anything. I was like, oh, I don't know. I just didn't have enough. I didn't have I didn't have the guts to back him. I didn't back him. I can't even remember what I tipped in the up, what I ended up betting on the race, but it wasn't him. But geez, he he fucking went to town on him. Like he was only two or three back of a turn. He was he, he drew no, that's why he, he drew really shit. And I was like, Oh, he's gonna have to get back and do a lot of work and he's just gonna be in a shit spot. But geez, it had Black Sheen on and that's literally all you needed. He as soon as he jumped, he had him into the best spot. And once what if if you could have bet on a horse after the race, I would have truckloaded into it because geez, he was in the best spot for him. And it's literally you've got nothing else to blame but Black Sheen. He got him in that position. He pretty much won in the race and when they turned around the corner, he just went straight like he, he went by five or six lengths or something. He just put pay to him. So I think I'd to come in the exact distance, it was over 2,000 metres, but, but he's definitely a stayer to follow. It's our time was run of the day for me. I didn't tip it. I didn't – I that was one of the leg of the quaddies that I took the – I took the field on it. It was, a favorite, of course, a favourite got up in there. But, gee, it's just so inconsistent for, like, for me. I, every time I back it, it gets rolled, and every time I back it, it loop, like it, I was like, oh, I, I couldn't back it again. But, geez, like, exact same thing for the pattern of the, for the, pattern of the day. With because we took the field in the quaddy, and I was like, with 100 meters or 200 meters to go, he was literally last of this pack of like 13 or 12. And I was like, yes, thank God we took the like, we took the field, like, we're all good here. And he just went straight fucking by everyone. It was one of the best runs I've ever seen down the straight in my life. It was last with the 200 meters to go to first with like over the line. It was, I've never seen a horse go like that in my life. So he, he does have good straight stats and I just he had more plays in the wind and I just couldn't back him but geez he, it was an absolute blind of a run I couldn't get by it so I made that the best run of the day um couldn't catch Braden Star once again it's just too short like 350 was a pretty open race there was a couple of roughies in it that I was pretty keen on and I was upper in the quaddy, but I got knocked out first leg anyway. Oh no, sorry, I had the first. I got knocked out next leg, but yeah, I couldn't have it. Jesus, like it did the same thing. It got back, and not many of the horses early in the day were making ground late. And when I seen it getting a bit back, I'm like, oh, it's probably not going to win. It's all good, but yeah, same thing. Ollie, it was only about four hundred. Like it was after the corner that Ollie got him out, and he was still with two to three hundred meters to go. He was still a fair bit off, but geez, he, the last couple of hundred meters, he really knuckled down and got through it. So. Like the horse has been in good form and everything. So, but it just had a couple of seconds and it just steered me away. And I thought 350 was a pretty shit price. So I ended up taking Aaron Bay each way and that thing come fifth or sixth. But that's all right. That's what punting is all about. You learn from it. So we'll move on from that one. And then in the third leg of the quarter, we had Edison win at like $51 or something like that. Unbelievable. Yeah, it blew us out. That, that was our losing leg there. I was always 
I, I knew it was going to be a pretty average race. I don't think I even – I tipped a – You can hang your hat on that, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll have you lose a quarter to that. I think a lot of people would have got blown out then anyway. So I'll take a lesson there. Um, yeah, it was still a good win. Like he rode the, the – the pattern for the day did help. It was a front-running ride and he got there and just nothing – he made a kick at the turn and like just nothing else ever had a chance to get near it. It was just too far gone. So – Full credits to the horse and the trainer. They got a win there at $51. So I think they would have had a fair few of the owners getting on it more than likely. And then in the last race, we had uh, the horse to follow over the day, which is Benedetta, who I personally, it was, it got into like a dollar seventy-five, And I didn't, I honestly couldn't even pick, I didn't have a bet in the last race. I was like, if that wins, I had to put too much. Like, it's just, it wasn't a good bet for me. Um, but yeah, it, it had never won uh, below 1,200 meters before. It was 1,100 metres, first up, had a three-kilo claim, or I had an apprentice on, so I was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be ready to go first up or not and wasn't going to take $1.70 or something to find out. So I just so let, why don't you take $1.70? Do you, you really I do, do like, it? I, 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 I do. Just for the t- listeners out there. Yeah, I do take it, but it, it takes – it's kind of just like my – like the way that I bet. Like I, I don't like – like if, if, if there's a horse first up, like – Unless you're absolutely yeah, unless I'm really like seen the form. Unless I'm like it's got to be like had a couple of like it's got to be like race fit, had a like race and play things. Pretty much your best for the day. Yeah, it's got to be like a pretty like I I do take short odds every now like every now and then. I definitely do. I'm not going to say I don't, but like that horse just like if like it it, it put me wrong at one anyway. But like the risk of it, like first up, like I don't think if it's run first up before, I don't think it won. Um, never like had an apprentice jockey on who'd never ridden him before. Um, never won over that distance, and I was like, oh, it's just it just wasn't a good bet. Like, this wasn't a good bet for me. So, I didn't even end up back in anything. I think that was the only race for the day that I didn't have a bet in. But that's right. It still won. Like, it, it did exactly like to to win to like for everything that I've just said. It, it still managed to win with a claimer on horse and like trainer a rider who had never ridden it like first up over eleven hundred, which is a race length that's never won over before. It, paid one like it was a really good win so that's definitely one to follow as well and he'll be he or she i think they'll be i don't know if they're going to stick to the straight races or what but i reckon it, it's one over 1200 or 1300 meters before pretty comfortably so i don't see a reason why i couldn't win a 1400 or 1600 meter race i don't know races down the straight in the in the spring that she might have a go at it depends what the trainer if they want to stick to sprinting races or not but we'll wait and see um what the trainer reckons or where they're going to go um, but yeah, that's about it for our recaps of Rose Hill and Flemington last week. We'll go to a quick break now and then we'll come back with our tips this weekend for Rose Hill. Shandon Rosebud Day at Rose Hill this Saturday is our main race. We'll have a quick look over the Rose Hill races right now and give you our unwarranted opinions really quick and we'll fly on through this. So, Starting a race one at Rose Hill, it is the English Pink Bonus Benchmark 72. And I've got this down to a two-horse race between these two favourites. Uh, Cabalas was the one of the horses that won the week before. It was a bloody good win. Um, knocked off Estrella and Shaken and J-Mate did exactly right. It was, it was a kind of a ride and it was, it was the opposition he faced, I reckon that's going to be pretty good form come this spring. So I wouldn't be too far past that. So his first run was over 1,100. The race just previously in the top one, well, uh, the little pumper is also in there. But he his last start was at fourteen hundred, and he's dropping back down to thirteen hundred. So 
Not really too sure there, but he is a bit like his first two wins have been really good. So I don't reckon – like it should be between the top two in the market. I am leaning to number two, Cabalas, just because it's on the way up. It's 1,100 or 1,300, and I prefer a horse going up in distance than coming back in distance. Though said that, Adam Hieronymus and Gay like Waterhouse and Bot will take him straight to the front from, from Barrier 7 and might be too hard to catch on that Rose Hill track, but we'll find out. On Saturday, um, but yeah, I'm personally be leaning towards Cabalas, but probably a no bet uh, in terms of that uh, race. Two is the midway over, which is the benchmark seventy two over fifteen hundred meters. Didn't really have this marked down to anything. Uh, there's two two horses that won the the horse of one last week's or the week before was, was forecaster, and that one at like twenty three or twenty four dollars. And Electrica was the runner up in that, and that's at seven dollars now, and that's. Sixteen and seven dollars respectively. So, not really too much. I'm I'm entertaining that midway race, pretty open race. So, I'm not really too keen to dive on anything there. And then race three is the ACY Securities Benchmark Seventy Eight, and the Bazooka is back. Fifteen dollars, three dollars forty a place. I've got to make that a bet. Neville, yeah. Oh, mate, it is like its last couple of runs. It got. When it comes seventh last up we were on, I tipped it on here, and it just the, the race just did not set up for him at all. He had it was a slowly run race, and he's he needs pace up the front to be able to get into it. Um, all these all these races, this prep have been at benchmark eighty eight level. Drops back ten points to a benchmark seventy eight. So it, he's been competitive in those benchmark eighty eight. So he should be in with a chance, and he's getting a three kilo claimer. Amy McLuc- Amy McLucas, who she's been riding great form. She was riding. Twenty or thirty dollar winners last week, so she's definitely can she can ride a roughy home at a fifteen dollars a win, three forty a place is an absolute better and a half in my books. Only ten horses in the race, so if a couple more come out, you've got a better chance of at least getting a place at three forty. Uh, the favorite is a deserved favorite, one glass bay at two forty five. So if you're not entertained by bazooka at those odds, same race multi. Yeah, if you want to take that, that's probably one take one glass bay first or second and put bazooka in there second or third or take them both in there at thirds maybe i don't know but yeah they're, they're definitely the two that i'll be having a better on that race i probably will back them both back one glass bay for a win and bazooka each way for an upset but yeah i think 15 dollars for bazooka is bloody outrageous imo um race for the tab tab highway which is a class three over 1300 meters same thing as the midway doesn't really entertain me that much not too too much i'd be keen on backing there race five is the schweppes just says schweppes benchmark 88 there's Number two in there, extremely lucky, has been a massive trials rep. Like the apparently he's he's trialed the house down freshly to Chris Waller now. Um, was a South Australians trainer, I think Will Clark, yeah Will Clarkin. Uh, he, he was previously trained by that, and he was, he was a really good horse um, for them. Had a couple of good wins, but so I'm not really too sure about diving into it. I reckon first up, it's never won over 1,200 meters before. First up over 1,200, but if anyone's going to get it done, it's going to be J-Mac and Wallace. So, but funnily enough, number five, who I was going to tip in the race, is also ridden by J-Mac and Wallace. So he's doing a pretty good job to be right two horses. So one. surely one of them. Yeah, I think one of them should be right. But I'm, I was personally going to tip Alentia anyway. I reckon the form is better. Should be better first up. And 1,200 metres first up will suit suit Alentia a lot better than it will. Extremely lucky. Um, to be interesting to see which one J Mac actually ends up riding for the day. To be honest, yeah, that might change odds a bit. Yeah, and, and more, honestly, I, I can't believe they've actually put that down there. Is that he's riding two horses? But that's a bit of a stuff up. But yeah, one of them should win. But I, I, I'm definitely going to tip over to I reckon that's a great bet coming into the spring. Race six is the Exceedance at the Vinery Star at benchmark seventy eight. Didn't really have too much 
interest in this race as well. A couple of non-winners, a couple of horses that are a bit unders. I think Cold Eye, the favourite, is a bit unders of that. So everything else I don't really know too much about. So no real bet there for me. Uh, moving into race seven, which is the Ram Vet, which is a benchmark 78 over 1,400 metres. And geez, a favourite is short. Very Freedom sure. Rally. It was. It's a dollar. It's already been. It's already on the drift. It was a dollar eighty five out to two dollars oh five. Like you, you can't knock winning form. Like I understand that. But on on the trip down from Eagle Farm, like the distance and everything will suit. But I, I I think I don't know. I just don't really know if that uh, Queensland form is going to be good enough. You got Water Ghost in there who rolled King of Naples last week, and he's at five fifty in in winning form. You can't knock. Uh, my black booker, who I've chucked in there, number nine, Charlton Lane, is an absolute. I, I love. I reckon that horse is going to be an absolute better and a half coming for spring. It's it's going to win a good race, but not too sure if this is going to be its race or not. But another great each way bet in this thing, which I'm going to tip again, is number seven, Green Shadows. Comes second. It's the last two races, and it's been absolutely flying home. Um, sticks. It's it, it's up in grade now, but it gets Karen McAvoy in the saddle. Love his last couple of runs, and you get twelve dollars a win. 270 a play, so I'm definitely tipping that each way in a pretty open race. I don't mind Torlton Lane, as I said before, so I probably will be back in Torlton Lane and Green Shadows, but yeah, Green Shadows each way at $12. an absolute great bet in my humble opinion. Uh, moving on to race eight, which is the Shandon Rosebud, which is the highlight of the day. For the three-year-olds, there's a couple in here that I like. Um, number five, Cigar Flick at 550. Its first start run was really good against proportions who I'm pretty keen on down in the valley on the weekend. So I think if that if Epic Proportions win that, the form's going to stack up pretty well and Cigar Flick will be in with a pretty good chance. Um and number one, the instructor. I'm gonna have a two I'm gonna have two bets in this one. The instructor was nearly joint favorite for the Blue Diamond, had a couple of good thousand meter wins first up last prep and then went to the Blue Diamond, just wasn't suited on the race at all. Bit of a flop over twelve hundred meters, but I think they've trained it up pretty well. It's had a couple of good trials and first up over 1,100 metres should be pretty good. So I'm going to be backing number one, the instructor, and number five, Cigar Flick in that race. Moving on to race nine, which is the tab handicap. And Pericles is the favourite of $3 for J-Mac. Should be winning. $3 is pretty good price. I'd say there's a couple of other horses. Yeah, it should be. It should be like there are a couple of good horses in this race. Like number number five looks like Elvis at thirty five dollars. So I think it's a bit rude. I remember it won one day at Flemington over fourteen hundred meters first up, and it paid like sixty dollars and it knocked me out of the quaddy. And I've I've never seen a horse like it was a really like he went through the line and kind of getting the same thing here again over fourteen. A few, a few older horses in this race too, lower me in. Yeah, there's a couple of well seasoned horses in this, but yeah, if you're definitely looking for a quaddy to play, make sure you put number five look like Elvis in there at thirty five dollars. Because can Bayless. Yeah, I can guarantee you he will knock you off. It, like there's more times than not he will knock you out of a quaddy, and you're getting thirty five dollars a win, so he's definitely going to go in there. Um, I would tip Pericles. It should be a win. It's got good form. It's, it's been running the derbies and everything. Last perhaps got major group one form around him. Yeah, so it did just win a trial recently as well. So it should be prime ready to go. I'm going to tip it at $3. Probably about rock bottom. I wouldn't want to take anything. If it gets to $2 or something, I would never bet. But $3 right now seems all right. But if you want to play your quaddies as well, definitely put number five. Looks like Elvis in there. And then moving on to the last race at Rose Hill, we have the Rose Hill Bowling Club Benchmark 78, over 1,100 metres. And just again, this favourite is very, very short. Not, wouldn't touch it. No, nah, couldn't take it. I've, For, I've got the one. Yeah. 
Kirk Royale. Yep. And I've also got the 13, Smashing Eagle. Yep. I don't blame you. They're bloody good horses. The only reason Gaza Blanca was that short because he had a good win at Cranbourne over 1,200 metres and knocked off a pretty good horse in Greece. Um, but ever since then, he's been going around at a dollar seventy and a dollar eighty. He's been rolled both times. I reckon Kieran McAvoy's going to have a day out. I've yeah. got a feeling he, he does have a good book of rides, so he's definitely in for a good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, two dollars five for Gaza Blanca is way too short. There's cut, like I don't really know much else, but I really couldn't tip anything in that. I'll, I'd be definitely laying the favourite if you want to have a lay bet. I'd be laying Gaza Blanca, but other than that. I would not read too much. I'd be taking in that race. So that will do for our wrap of Rose Hill. We'll go for another quick break now, and then we'll come back with our Mooney Valley preview. Back to the Valley once again. Uh, Rail's back on the troop this weekend, so hoping to be a bit more of a fairer track and should suit a lot more to the on to the back pace runners. Uh, we'll find out on race day, of course, but all eyes on the valley. Uh, we'll start with race one, which is the Quinton Wallace handicap. Uh, there's a bet here. I was talking about it before. It's got form around cigar flick, and this is number one epic proportions. Uh, came second in the similar race uh, last last time with the valley behind Title Fighter, who is number two in this race. So they're going up against each other. Uh, I think epic proportions had the better run of the race. Didn't, didn't get suited to the on-pace bias of the day and Title Fighter had exactly that going for him. Title Fighter's drawn one again and should be – I reckon it's going to be a very similar than – it's going to be a very similarly run race than it was last time. I reckon it'll be Title Fighter and Epic Proportions up the top coming around the corner, but I reckon Epic, Epic Proportions this time that the rails back of true will have more steam and will be running over the top of Title Fighter late. Uh, I've got number eight, Pride of Sullivan, ooh, at six bucks. That, all the Hayes brothers. Yeah. Um, I was at the footy last week in Yarrow where um, Will Hayes has been playing, and obviously he was a Carlton man, and he was at the Bulldogs as well. Um, but he was on the phone like 20 seconds after he got off the field playing footy. So if he's buying in on it, anything they're on, I'm on. Yeah. Yep, those boys are going to be winning a group one or two this spring. Watch out for Mr. Brightside to return. But yeah, so that's about it for race one. We'll go to race two, which is the James Miller benchmark 70 over 1,000 metres. Not really too keen on too much here. Uh, the favourite Resilion was coming in at the same race the other week with Epic Proportions and Title Fighter. So if you want to take that form, you can. I probably couldn't tip it at 3.30. I think it's a pretty open race. I don't mind Twin Perfection at $6, but it's got 62 kgs. Strong the right gate, um, but I think 62 kgs might see him out. So probably a no bet there for me, but I definitely would be leaning Twin Perfection's way if I was going to be tipping anything in that race. It's it's only a 1,000 metres, though. Do you yeah. think that doesn't play into account as much? Uh, it can or it can't. Like, I don't think it, it definitely depends doesn't. depends on the start as yeah, well. Yeah, it doesn't play in as much nearly as – like, yeah, okay, it, it does play into it a bit, but I still think, like, a horse that has less weight is obviously going to be better suited than a horse that has more on a matter of the distance. So, yeah, it wouldn't take as much difference as a staying race, but, yeah, it's still – that's a bit of weight for me. And I think the other favourite Resilient's got four kilos less and it's got a better jockey on. So, like, if you're definitely going to have a bet, like, Resilient looks the better bet in my opinion. I've, um, I've gone number 10, Hissy Fit. Ooh, We're here we go. Remuera Pin. Yeah. Remuera Pin. Remuera Pin. $4.80 for me, um, up-and-coming apprentice. 
massive come across from New Zealand. Is that correct? Uh, you've mentioned it previously. I've just got a feeling that they've put him on his fit for a reason. Hopefully that'll be winning them for us. Uh, moving on to race three is the France. Uh, Francis Gibson benchmark 78 over 1,600 metres. Not too much again I'm keen on here. Uh, number seven, Lee Vore was a winner last week. Not last week, last last meeting at the Valley, but yeah, was suited by the on-pace bias of the day. Everything else around the race, Lady Court's probably not a bad bet at 480, but drawn barrier 10. Over 1,600 metres isn't as bad as if it was over 1,000 metres, but still it can't, the barriers tend to take more of a play in this race in Mooney Valley than other courses. And Jack looks like he's got a tip and a half here. Number five, Electric Bell. Damien Oliver, the jockey, let me down so many times before. It's going to get up to that. Yeah. And if if the races by that time of the day are suiting get back on horses, she has a great chance. And I'll give you that at $8. I reckon I talked about it a couple of weeks ago when it was like 18 and they ended up scratching it on the day anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But yeah, if, if, if the race is a run to suit on like back markers of the day, definitely have a go at electric bell. That's probably not a bad tip by Jack. Moving on to race four, we have the Maureen Salter Benchmark 70. Um, same thing with the last couple of races. I'm just not really – these couple of early races, I'm just not really that keen to play yeah, in. Yeah, I agree. Um, benchmark 70 over the mile, not really too much here. But like, like, yeah, number senor 10. or no? Yeah, senor. We're moving across from New Zealand again, $23. Yeah. If you go in the early quarter, like a real Last pig. start winner. One, one over in New Zealand. At a benchmark seventy five, which is better grade, so yeah. It's Look, I, I, I don't mean throw the truck at it. It's just one of those. Oh, it's a bit of a roughy. Yeah, if... Chuck her in there if you're having an early quarter or something. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, not too much there. Uh, moving on to race five, which is the Gwenda Fitzgerald at benchmark eighty four. Um, the favourite deserve favourite, but geez, from barrier ten of ten horses in a twelve hundred meter race, you're going to have issues from out there. Um, 240 is pretty short. I probably will end up backing on the day, <laughs> to be honest. I will, but yeah. Oh, gee, like if it was, it was a better prize, you'd be really happy with it. But geez, that's that's pretty short for it. Like the barrier is really against it. So hopefully on the day we might get a better prize because the punters might be laying it on the day. Um, but yeah, recommendation should be winning that despite the draw. All fingers crossed. Um, moving on to race six is the Labrokes RC Challenger Benchmark Seventy. Over 2,040 metres, which is the cock plate start. Um, same again. Just it's not much here, is yeah, it? Oh, I've got couple, nothing for you. A couple of these races early along, they're just, the stars are coming out later in the day. These races don't really interest me. I couldn't even really tip you anything. I can't really, don't really know much about most of them. <laughs> Red Columbine, I'll give it that. It's been running some pretty good races, $11. Throw, uh, throw a dart at the board. The listeners are going to know that you're just having a yeah, stab I, in the I, I'd say Red Columbine, $11. I reckon that's a pretty – if you're going to have a bet in that race, definitely have a go for race number, uh, number 14, Red Columbine, 11 bucks. Right, I'll go 17, justifiable award. Will Price riding at eight fifty. Yep. Beautiful. We'll take them for the early quarter. Now we're going to race seven, which is the Extreme Freight Benchmark 100 over the Cox Plate start once again. And I do have a bet in this race, and it's number five, Flash Flood. Yep. Should have, it should have brained the other week. Uh, just just run by Irish Flame in the last like 25, like the last two meters, in fact. Like I only just got there, and Irish Flame is suited by the uh, leader bias for the day. And Flash Flood was only the horses for the day that actually made up ground and went by them. Um, just over the line of the post, and you get a 480. Carleen Heffel is flying at the moment. Should be winning. I can't believe that Milford's still fa- 
Milford is like the most unlucky since Tom Melbourne knew it. Like he's just been stiff as his last couple of Tom runs. Melbourne. Yeah, it, it's like three dollars. Like I, I couldn't back it. Like it's, it's yeah. I just can't see it. Like it, it probably will of all weeks. It'll be the one week it's going to come in and and win. But I'm not going to be backing it. I'm more than happy to take four eighty for Flash Flood and, a, and an inform Carleen Heffel. Moving on to race eight, it's a Labrokes odd surge benchmark seventy eight. I do have another tip here. I'm going Union Gap for Mickey D and Kieran Mo and Dave Eustace. Uh, I reckon that Sydney form, like especially in these odd benchmark races, the the Sydney form tends to stack up really well. And like, even if it's not, in, it's been running in benchmark seventy eight. Yeah, it's been running benchmark seventy eights up in Sydney, but sometimes you'll find just the, the Sydney class of races are so much better than Victoria, and a lower grade. Sydney horse will come down here and tackle our better grade of Vic races and just storm away with them light. So I reckon Sydney form is the way to go in this 650 a win, 240 a place. Gate seven over a staying race should suit perfectly, and I'm more than happy to play Union Gap's way in that race. Moving on to race eight is the Stevo Scamper Benchmark 100, and you've got the Enigma, which is Inundation, who first up last prep at the Valley broke the track record over a thousand meters and he's back once again to do it again. After that race, he was a dollar forty favorite at Sandown and got rolled. And then he was a dollar fifty five favorite at Sandown over a thousand meters as well and got rolled once again. So has had no luck after that. He, he's had excuses. I think he had a um a regular heartbeat in one, then he had like a like a lung bleed or something in the other one. So there has been genuine excuses for it. So I'm first up again, two seventy. Yeah. Like <laughs> all right. I probably wouldn't be <laughs> diving into it with the way it's been racing. But number four, Omni Man has been absolutely winning every single race has been going in. Sydney forms, good form. Barrier one, Geordie Charles, Gay Waterhouse, and Adrian Bot two sixty. Yep, that's a bet for me and a half. Lock him in, and then so then we're going to go to race ten, which is the Labroke at Benchmark seventy over twelve hundred meters. And I'm tipping the favourite as well, of the second favourite, actually. He's not a favourite. Number 11, Paray. He's one of the horses that also ran in the last meeting here at Mooney Valley and just, yeah, had too much ground to work up late and was one of the only horses for the day that made up a stack of ground. Um, and he really got closer to the line. So same, I think is it the same trip? Yep, 1,200 metres again. Damien Lane on. Been right. He brought a couple of good winners today, Damien. So he's definitely back in form. And again, 350 a win. So I'm definitely tipping parade in the last race at a mini valley um that's about it for our valley and rose hill things i'll quickly get to my best bet of the day which actually isn't at their two main venues i'm going i'm moving tracks this weekend here we go and the reason i love this one is i'm going to be at eagle farm this weekend you're going to see my big box set on the tv the one because i'm going to win the quaddy at every racetrack this weekend i've got a good feeling i'd love to see it on the big screen yeah so i do have one it's a bit short. It's been crunched already. It was it was two thirty into two fifteen. But Eagle Farm race one number eight Vodka Martini. Its win last start was absolutely like it was one of the most underrated wins of the day, in my opinion. It's versing absolutely nothing. There's nothing in this race that should become anywhere near it. It's only got fifty four kilos for CJ Graham's claim. There's a meters sprint. It should be absolutely launching. I. I I generally can't see it losing, and I think it's two. I think two fifteen is a pretty good price to be honest. It should be winning by four or five lengths, in my humble opinion. So that's easy best bet of the day. Race one number eight, Volca Martini at Eagle Farm. Um, that's about it for this weekend's review of 
Shandon Rosebud Day at Rose Hill. All eyes next weekend of the first group one of the season, the wing stakes at Randwick. We'll come back with you next week with our more than unwarranted opinions. Thanks once again, Jack, for having us here, and we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. You dominated.